The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many secrets hidden behind the rain and the fog and the trees of the Pacific Northwest. And as such, listener discretion is advised. Albert lay there, his body immobile, laying there in a room which felt foreign and frightening. He could feel his skin resting uncomfortably on his face and his arms and chest and legs, as if it was no longer attached, no longer his own. And within that rotten chrysalis, that fetid mass of skin that sat on his bones, he was melting and reforming and becoming something other than himself. He could feel his flesh knitting together. He could feel the bones of his jaw burning and melting. He could feel his ribs popping and bending, bending to the point of snapping like brittle twigs. And where his heart had once been beating and warm and human, he could feel nothing but a nibbling. And he could feel each small mouthful eating away at his heart, eating at the core of him, and all the while it spoke to him. Albert didn't know what the long shadows were, who they were, what they were, where they were, and he didn't care. 
The moment Mildred had reached down and caressed Albert's hair had given him something to hold to. Something to hold tight to as the world seemed to be fighting him and casting him down at every turn. Mildred looked to Albert as he lay there in his firm and uncomfortable bed. To be plain, and it was true that Mildred was very plain, but there was something about her. A liveliness that lived at the edge of her eye. And she smelt like home. She smelt like bread. She smelt like comfort. It was an earthy smell. A natural smell, one that spoke to Albert. It was a promise of something he'd never had. Something that he'd been denied. And when she left reprimanded by Mother Cyprian, Albert cried. Of course he couldn't cry in heaving waves, his body wouldn't listen to his heart and obey the way he wanted it to. The way it should have. But he felt tears leak from his eyes in an underwhelming trickle and he hated that he couldn't wipe them away and hide his loneliness as a boy should always do. As his father had always told him to do. As the days passed, as Albert was left alone in his dark and sterile room with only a nun or two coming in every few days to sweep and change the bedsheets, no food, no water, Albert was left with the solitary and sweet memory of Mildred. The smell of home and hope. Albert finally had hope. For the first time in as long as he could remember, he had hope. Hope for the future. Hope that he would one day command his own body once again. Hope that he would command those legs of his to stand and walk, and he would walk to Mildred's, and he'd raise his arm and knock on her door, and she'd answer, and they'd share a moment, like the moment they'd shared at his bedside. But instead of pity, she would see him for him, what was in him, who he was and who he could become with her, because of her. And she would reach out and stroke his hair once more, not out of pity, but out of affection. And she'd smile, and her eyes would not be filled with pity for Albert, but love. That was all a distant future, though. Albert lay there day in and day out, staring at the high ceiling above him, thinking of Mildred, loving the idea of Mildred, and his eyes once again granting him sight. No longer were they milky and cataract, but clear and sightful, and very much alive. Looking toward his future and seeing Mildred once more, someday when he was free of this bed, but the voice which was his own, but not of his own thoughts, that had unrelentingly been at his side since that day in the cave while it promised him another future, one which he wanted no part in. Yeah.
voices, those repetitious voices. It was so hard to hear. It's so hard to think. So he only heard the faint clicking before Mother Cyprian leaned over him, blocking his view of that damn ceiling. Hello, Albert. Do you remember me? Hmm. I am Mother Cyprian. She paused as if waiting for Albert to respond, but He wouldn't even if he could. I have been charged with your care and upbringing, as you become who you were born to be. But don't worry, I shall be here every step of the way. Mother Cyprian stepped away from his bedside, her heels striking the ground. She strode to the darkest corner of the room as if looking for peering eyes. His eyes. The eyes of the man in the cave who seemed to travel within shadow itself. But finding nothing, she turned back to Albert. I would like you to know, I do not approve with what has been done to you. But it is in fact already done, and there is nothing to be done about undoing it. That is the fact at hand. What I can do is teach you and make you more than he could ever imagine. I would be remiss, Albert, if I did not tell you this is not pleasant business. I knew when I left my home to travel here, I knew that none of what I would undertake would be pleasant business. But you are my chance to change that. You must rest. You must heal. You may not feel it yet, but a great deal of responsibility rests on your back. A great deal indeed. And as abruptly as the one-sided conversation had begun, it ended. As Albert listened to her leave his room and stake the floor with each step as she left earshot, Albert was glad to see her leave woman smelt of soap like sterility not like Mildred had smelt like bread and home and everything he wanted but as far as Albert knew he would never leave his bed he would never stand again sure he had hope hope of seeing Mildred walking to her door and knocking but he had no idea how that would ever happen again nothing about him felt like him. He'd been robbed of his body in the quiet of his once slow and spacious mind. And with that stream of new and unending thoughts, the gloom he'd felt rush over him so often since that day in the cave. With nothing left to do but dream of Mildred, Albert just let his mind run free. As many eyes peered at him from the shadows legions of snapping mouths waited at the edge of his sight. Albert began to sleep, 
with dry eyes open and unable to blink, but sleep all the same. Albert had never done the whole dreams thing before. He'd always assumed he was too slow to make moving pictures in his mind, but lately the dreams had been unending, often not knowing where reality ended and dreams began, losing his ability to pick out the little differences, the small things that didn't make sense. He stood now at a pulpit, the front of a church. Well, he wasn't, but he also was. He was both the one standing at the pulpit, dressed in his black uniform, and God watching from above, where he could see a much older version of himself begin to speak. There is a sickness alongside Mark. There is greed and lust. There is wrath and avarice. There is an unwillingness to lay yourself before God and ask for his Albert saw himself for the first time, saw what he was becoming, but as is often the case in dreams, many things were out of place or not right. They were obscene and strange. Albert watched himself from above. But he wasn't the only god seeing himself as the reverend with clear and ambitious eyes for the first time. Albert watched words spew from his mouth with such grace and confidence, something he never would have imagined possible. He was an idiot, he knew that, he'd been told that, but there he was seeing himself changed and different. Albert was transfixed by his words, his own words that was coming out of the mouth of a much older version of himself. Had Albert paid attention to all that was happening around him, he would have realized his dream had taken on the colors of nightmares. The ground around the earth was rumbling, breaking apart and giving way as a long serpent dove in and out, consuming the hallowed ground. The sky split with thunder and lightning. Lightning that wasn't a flash in the midnight sky, but a tearing in the black which throbbed and pulsated like cracks in a thin window pane being shaken by an earthquake. Bony tentacles pried their tips through the blinding cracks in the inky sky like desperate fingers and pulled at the cracks, widening them and pushing further forward. But Albert remained transfixed on his omniscient quest to watch himself, to examine himself below. Speaking in the church pews filled to the brim with attentive listeners hanging on his every word. More lightning struck the nightmarish world around Albert as his consciousness hung in the ether. The tentacles of splintered bone reached out, pushing past trees as they brought a trail of devastation spilling out with them and raced towards Albert, who did not see them, did not care about them. All he cared about was watching himself be something more than he had ever been or had dreamed to be. He didn't notice when they wrapped him tight, but he was conscious of the church becoming smaller and smaller and harder to see as they dragged Albert back with them, 
through which the crack they'd come forth from that was beginning to tighten and close back up. Albert's eyes opened, staring up at the ceiling which he loathed, and the room still smelt of the lingering sterile soap that Mother Cyprian had left behind. But Albert was no longer himself. Everything looked distant, his consciousness taking a back seat to whatever it was he'd caught a glimpse of in his mind. Or rather, whatever had caught a glimpse of him. Whatever had grabbed him. Whatever it was that thing that had claimed him. Albert relinquished himself to it. He would not fight the voice any longer. No more pain, no more fighting. He wanted to be the man he'd seen. No, he would be that man. That was the man Mildred would love and respect, and maybe had she not walked in his room, Albert would finally have succumbed to the rotten pestilence that riddled and pickled his core, but she'd stroked his hair. So Albert would plead. He would beg would fight to see that vision come true, all of it, destruction and all, as long as it meant being that man. The man Albert thought Mildred would love. And then the voice returned, but no longer in his mind. They spilled forth from Albert's own mouth, which physically moved and formed the vowels and consonants. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the amazing Charlie P.S. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at The Town Whispers. Now, listen, neighbor, the fort is a town like no other. And there are many things to discover for those who are willing to see. Those who are willing to listen to the vowels and consonants made by whistles in the wind. Surprisingly, the town council has been diligent enough to set up goals that include digital rewards as well as physical for those first few who walk through the streets of the fort. All of the information regarding our Patreon goals as well as your portal to join in the fight against the whispers which fight to worm their way between the thoughts in your mind can all be found at www.patreon.com slash the town whispers. Have you submitted your citizenship request to the fort by visiting us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at The Town Whispers? If you haven't, you might want to do so. There we will be divulging secrets of a different kind, such as everything coming to, out on, or promised in the night of things, including Patreon-exclusive storylines, additional short stories, merch, and swag, and plenty more to come, so make sure If you are one who is willing to face a thing with no face, that you meet us at the town hall at patreon.com slash the town whispers. For more information on the show, head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. I got the ghost of you inside of my